0: Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. This is Eartha. And we are back on our final episode with my special guest, Howie Nestel. I hope you're enjoying the information that Howie is sharing with us on how to move from intention to action. Thank you so much, Web Talk Radio, for allowing us to bring Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast to our listeners. And thank you, Mary Lou and Sam, for making this podcast available to our listeners everywhere we go. Okay. All right, Howie, let's get started.
2: I uh, heard a story for doc- from Dr. Wayne Dyer one time who passed away a few years ago. He wrote 35 or 40 New York Times bestseller books. And he said that if you take an orange... And you cut it in half and you squeeze it into a glass. What comes out of it? Orange juice. Right. Now, but what happens if you take that orange and you smash it with a hammer? What kind of juice is on the counter? Well, orange juice. But what if you take that orange and you drop it from the Empire State Building and it splatters on the floor? What do you get out of it? Well, orange juice. What's the point? Well, is there anything you could ever do to that orange in the way you cut it, squeeze it, hit it, that you'll get apple juice from it? There isn't. And the reason is very simply because apple juice is not what's inside. What's inside is orange juice. So what happens to you and I, Eartha, when somebody cuts us off on the road? What happens when somebody says something that might ordinarily be offensive? What happens when we perceive That somebody is picking on us or do something to our kids. How we react and respond to that says more about what's inside of us versus what actually transpired. And that's where we go back to what you said. Let's find out why. Why did they call my son to the office? Why did somebody cut me off? Maybe they were on their way to the hospital. Maybe they just got that call and they weren't paying attention. But what story did we tell ourselves? That idiot disregarded all traffic laws, cut me off, could have sent me into a tailspin, might have gone off the highway, died in a bloody car accident, you know, fire everywhere and explosions. None of that happened. And we don't even know that that's why they cut us off. So instead, now we know, leave a little more gap. Now we know put on Earth as a podcast and listen as you're driving instead of, you know, <laughs> instead of looking for things to go wrong because you will find them. The world provides them daily, but the world also provides positivity. Uh, Einstein, I think it was, that said, every one of us must answer this question and how we answer this question will determine how we live our lives. And the question is simply this. It's a two-parter. Do I live in a hostile universe? where people are looking to take advantage of me and people cannot be trusted because they're inherently bad or do I live in a friendly universe where people are helpful and they're kind and they can be trusted and we're all part of the human race and how you answer that question will determine how you live your life it's that simple um I, I heard from somebody once that said that they wanted to move to San Francisco. And my friend says, oh, where are you moving from? And he says, I'm moving from Chicago. And, but I don't know if I should move to San Francisco because I don't know how the people are there. And so my friend goes, well, how are they in Chicago? And he goes, oh, my God, they're mean. They're rude. I can't stand it. They're very pushy. And he goes, that's pretty much how the people are here. And then somebody else asked him, about moving to san francisco he goes where are you coming from new york how are the people there and he goes oh my god they're so friendly it's so international i love being in new york he goes that's pretty much how the people are here in san francisco the point is that you're bringing you with you so you move to san francisco if you're coming from a place where you perceive people to be pushy guess what you're going to find the same thing because that's what you're looking for that's what you're conditioned to look for But there are people who live in New York that feel like people are very friendly and accommodating and it's so energetic and so international and they love it. They find that where they go. And so you bring you with you. So my now adopted superpower, if you will, is adaptability. And how I get to adaptability is by asking myself the question, what if? So what if I'm wrong? What if this event turns out to be great? What if this conversation with you turns out to be awesome and mindful and gives me a sense of gratitude? But if I talked myself out of it and just said, no, you know what, Eartha, thank you so much. I'm so busy. I could never do your podcast because I'm just so busy day to day and all that stuff. Then I would not have experienced this pleasurable moment. Of talking about this, and when I give talks to entrepreneurs or to business, uh, um, to to teachers or other groups, nonprofits, I usually talk about subjects that I want to learn about, and not only that, but things that I feel like I'm deficient in and, and I need to improve on. It's not because I'm an subject matter expert on all these things. I didn't go to school for it. I'm a marketer by education and by profession. I've been doing marketing and sales for 35 years. But those things in and of itself are not going to make me happy. They're not going to make me satisfied. They're not even going to really build my bank account to uh, to a point where I feel like I don't have to work on anything else. I'm finding that what is the most valuable in my life is the relationships I have with people, the impact that I'm making, the example that I'm being for my children. Be the first to admit, only because my friends and family are not listening, but that I'm nowhere near approaching perfection, and nobody is. And I'm certainly not even close to it. But again, happiness is a progress and it is a journey and it is some form of forward movement that never ends just like education just like serving others there's no one place to arrive at once and for all where flags are waving and trumpets are playing and and you get to this final destination that is a dream it is Something that constantly outdistances us. But if we don't have it as a target, then we go way off course and then we're drifting. And once you're drifting, it's very hard to get back on course. So I choose to use your word, not to let myself drift. Am I going to go off the rails once in a while? Yes. Now I'm mixing metaphors, trains, ships, whatever it happens to be. But you get the point. You have a destination, if you pursue it and you head in that direction, you'll end up somewhere very positive most of the time. No guarantees. Uh, now, I'm probably going to mess this up, but Henry David Thoreau had one of the quotes that I really highly resonated with me. If one endeavors to live the life which he has imagined and puts forth a an effort that is unmatched by others he will be met with a success unexpected in common hours so you put forth the effort to this idyllic vision and you will be rewarded somehow some way with something that is uncommon that you did not expect in a positive way. It's that simple. And then the opposite, unfortunately, is true. And many people live there. Life sucks, then you die, then they throw dirt on your face, then the worms eat you, you know? And I say, at least be grateful that it happens in that order, you know? And now what are you going to do while you can do? I heard a rabbi one time say at a a eulogy that earth is a place to do. Heaven is a place to be. Once you're in the afterworld, you no longer have your physical attributes. So you can no longer do. You can only be. But while you're on earth and while you have your faculties, you should be doing. Because you can't just be and expect that you're going to have a meaningful and prosperous and successful life if you're just being and hanging out and waiting to see where the wind takes you.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Howie. I mean, that is something to to really think about when, um, you know, at the end of life, which no one will escape. Uh, to use our time wisely and to think about the footprints that we are, li- that we are leaving at this moment and not wait until uh, the end of life. I, I really want to thank you so much, Howie, you are a wealth and rich. Um, um, you have something to look forward each moment and, and so you're using your time. And you're making your goals and you're allowing yourself, okay, so I'm not perfect. And I think what lifestyle changes, whether if it's losing weight or stopping smoking or whatever, you know, a person wants to change, is the first step is to make that commitment and to start now and doing something different. You know, it's like getting in the rowboat and cutting the rope. Is there any other uh, like we're gonna bring it to a close? And I just want to turn it back to you for any closing statements or anything like that.
2: Well, thank you, Ertha, for hosting me at the Transitional uh, Breathing Podcast, Breathing Awareness Breathing Podcast. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you that when we talk, when you were mentioning in the previous segment. About the United States being number sixteen, even though we moved up three notches from number nineteen in the World Happiness Index, my first thought was, "I'm glad we're not number one, because we're number one in so many other things." And I think when we're number one, we don't try anymore, and we rest on our laurels. So, if uh, and if I said that happiness was progress, then the United States needs to make some progress, and you and I are a part of helping the U.S. because we are the people and we're going to help make sure that we improve maybe in the coming years from 16 to 12 to 11 maybe to the top 10 and I was reminded of uh, an advertising campaign many years ago since I'm in advertising I care about these things about Hertz the rental car company and they used to advertise for years Hertz is number one Hertz is number one and when you'd go rent a car from them they had a keychain with a big number one on it just to keep reminding you that they're number one. And then Avis, a competitor, came out with a campaign that said, Hertz might be number one, but we're number two, so we try harder. And I thought, that is brilliant. So I started renting cars from Avis because they care about me. Avis doesn't, I mean, Hertz doesn't care about me. They're number one. They already got to be number one without me. But I want to rent from Avis because they're number two and they care and they try harder. So I think that U.S. being number 16 on the happiness index means that we have to try harder. So I'll simply uh, close it out with this. Uh, we have a choice. We have a either a growth mindset or a deficit mindset. And so you could go day to day looking at things that are not right and that you don't have and blaming life, society, candidates, circumstances. Or we could live above the line where we take responsibility, we take action, and we make a choice. And it's not a choice like you said, to only look at things through rose-colored glasses. But it's a choice to be a solution, a choice to be a contributor, a choice to be positive towards others, a choice to be a good example, a choice to mentor others, a choice to give a hand up. And while all this actually sounds exhausting, I will tell you that it is not only much easier It's much better for our own mental health and happiness because it's like anything else. Anybody who tells me, any kid that tells me I'm not good at math, I guarantee you they have a bad grade. And any kid that has a great grade in math probably says they love math. And it's not because they inherently love or hate math. It's because they're not usually, not always, but not usually... Putting in the effort. And so, if you put in the effort towards the positive side of the balance sheet and the equation and serving others, it turns out to be easier. And you have a better life. And then you want to do more of it. And then that becomes what you're addicted to because you get a lot better results. I can walk in to either a restaurant or a bar or a an environment where i know nobody and come in with a positive attitude and compliment the establishment and the service and usually get a lot better results than coming in with that Mentality of looking for something to go wrong, finding it, complaining about it, and then things going worse. And I still have to pay the 38 bucks, except now I had a terrible experience. And then you lily pad to lily pad, kind of jump from lily pad to lily pad of all these negativity things. But But you can do the same thing positive. So all this comes down to a choice, comes down to a decision. You make the incision that you will no longer be that way. You have to become self-aware. Very hard to do that. Something I work on every day. Becoming self-aware. Was that the best choice? Best choice of words. Best choice of actions. And if not. No regret. But learn from it. And now I'm going to get this opportunity again. What am I going to do the next time I'm presented with this opportunity? I better improve on it. And the more I improve on it, the better it is. Uh, my kids know this very well. You're. Personality creates your personal reality. So how you act, how you think, how you serve others is generally what the world is going to serve back to you. It is a mirror. It reflects back on us what we are. There's nobody up there pointing people out. You're going to get bad things. You're going to get good things. You're going to get average things. It's this reflective nature of life that is giving you back what you are. So if things are not panning out for you. Let me be the bearer of bad news. It's you. Now let me close with some good news. You can change that. And you can make a decision. And you can change it instantaneously. But you have got to change it.
1: Howie Nestel, thank you so much. You have left us with A lot to think about. Here we are going into a new year. And I want to reflect to all of us. Are you ready? Are you ready to try to move to something new? Are you ready to cut the rope on your rowboat of things that really need to be changed? And you know what they are. I know what I need to do to change things that um, will improve or help me grow or to help me learn. And I think deep down we all do is just making the move, making the commitment. And so as we close with our episode with Howie Nestle, I just like to do a final mindfulness reflection meditation on adaptation and letting go I invite you to get into a comfortable position reposition yourself if you need to if you have to change seats or uh, a location I encourage you to do that now and once you get into your comfortable position I invite you to take a breath in your nose and blow out your mouth being aware of the movement of your body as you breathe in and you blow out now I would like to invite you to focus in your mind's eye an image an image of something that is flexible, something that is movable. It could be water. It could be Play-Doh. It could be mud, just something that is flexible. And in your mind, as you are bringing this image into your focus, Bring your awareness to the pleasantness of the flexibility of the play-doh or the mud or the water as it is soft and pliable and you can easily move your hands through it. Maybe your feet are wiggling through the water the mud is squishing through your toes or maybe it's play-doh when you're squishing it through your fingers and how satisfying and how freeing that sensation is and so as we move through our awareness I invite you to right now just, just take a breath and And enjoy the adaptability that that material is showing you how it is flexible, how it is soft, how it takes new form and changes into something brand new. Do you notice your fingerprints on the Play-Doh? Or maybe if you have an image of mud that you're squishing through your fingers, You're leaving a footprint, you're leaving your handprints here and building something new. As your hands or your feet are swaying through the water, the new ripples that is flowing through the streams, through your hands, through your water, those are new ripples this new flow of water. And so as we contemplate and begin our steps to move, to learn something new, to change, let us come to a a realization that we are being flexible and that we're creating something, that we're doing something, something new, and we can be Comforted that we're leaving our footprints, our fingerprints here, something new that is freeing and releasing something that's been stirring deep within our soul brand new you thank you Take a deep breath in and blow it out. And just enjoy your new experience on your first step of realizing that new you. End of exercise. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for Javi and joining us. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Have a great day.
0: Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths.